This program is brought to you by Pussy Magnets. Put a binge on your friends with a Pussy Magnet. Oh, hey! Welcome, 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 my lovely lumps. Or should I say lovely labs? I don't know, they're both good. <laughs> I'm so thrilled to have you here in the Labia Lounge to yarn about all things sexuality, womanhood, holistic health, and everything in between. Your legs. <laughs> oh, cringe. I couldn't help myself. Anyway, I am your host, Freya Graff, and I am a holistic sex coach and educator and yoni mapping therapist. So basically, I make my living massaging vaginas and teaching people about sex. Yeah, pretty cool. (laughs) So as you can imagine, we are going to have vag loads of real chats with real people about real shit. So buckle up, you're about to receive the sex ed that you'd never had and have a bloody good laugh while you're at it. Before we get stuck in, though, I would like to respectfully acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which I'm recording this podcast, the Manang people. It's an absolute privilege to be living and creating dope podcast content on Noongar country, and I pay respect to their elders past, present, and emerging. Now, if y'all are ready, let's flap and do this. Oh, is there such thing as having too many vagina jokes in the one intro? Whatever. I'm leaving it in. It's my podcast. Don't panic, you're not broken. Your sex education was a piece of shit. Get your flaps out and pull the couch. It's the Labia Lounge. Alrighty, my Labia Ledge Bangers. We are back. We're back for part two uh, with the one and only Catherine Lyle. So if you haven't listened to part one yet, stop what you're fucking doing. For goodness sake, jump straight back to the last week's episode where we laid down some foundational layers of knowledge that you're going to want to be equipped with heading into this episode. But if you are unable to do this for some strange reason, perhaps you loaded this up before you hit the road and now you're driving and you don't want to be a fuckwit and look at your phone while you're behind the wheel. So... I will just give you a really short rundown on what the last episode was all about (laughs) Um, and on (laughs) Catherine. So Catherine's work is with porn addiction where she dives deep into the issues of correcting erectile dysfunction, improving sexual energy, healing mental health issues, increasing general energy levels, mastering sexual energy and healing the neural damage associated with pornography use, something that we covered in more depth in last week's episode. Um, so Catherine's a pioneer, a trailblazer and a universally polarizing personality in the best way, I believe. Uh, and she's written, (laughs) (laughs) she's written amazing books. Uh, her latest one, The Uncensored Threat, Losing Generations to Pornography was an international Amazon bestseller. Hot damn. Um, and yeah, in this episode, I like, whereas last episode, we kind of chatted about porn addiction and the science behind it, how it works in the brain. Um, this time I want to actually tackle, yeah, the issues that we spoke about and like give hope, give tools for navigating this, you know, for navigating it with a partner or f- with yourself. If it's you, that is the one that has a porn reliance. Um, 
approaches for speaking to your kids or speaking to your partner about it. And I want to discuss how we can rewire the brain and undo the damage that habitual porn use has done neurologically so that it's not impacting us or our loved ones negatively anymore. Um, because I know last, last episode was a bit like, Oh my God, it's so bad. This, this thing. And I want to just, yeah, re reassure everyone. It, is possible to reverse the damage and come to a healthy place again where you aren't needing to outsource sexual energy by using porn to jumpstart the engine. Um, and so, yeah, we're just going to launch into a bit of like, all right, what do we fucking do about this then? So welcome back, Catherine. Thanks for joining me again. Thank you for having me. It was amazing last time. <laughs> oh, it's so fascinating. I just love having these conversations and I feel like they're not really being had enough, especially I think, I don't know, porn almost feels like something that people get their back up really quickly about and get very defensive about. Um, and yeah, I, I'm really happy to be having these convos because I've, I guess through my work and obviously through your work, we see firsthand the negative impact that it has and like actually how fucked up and damaging it can be. Um, and, you know, that's not to say that it's always super detrimental and bad and damaging and every single bit of porn is just like evil or whatever. Like I'm not going down that, that path. Um, but yeah, it can be more damaging than I think people realize. And then because we're not really told about the potential of you know side effects that can happen it's quite isolating I think and then not enough people are actually admitting that that it's affecting them or realizing that it's affecting them they're kind of thinking oh my dick's limp and I can't get hard and I'm not feeling attracted to my IRL girlfriend but they don't actually connect that with their habitual porn mm. use <laughs> um that's right. Yeah. So how, I'm wondering how do you like how do you know if you have an issue with porn or like recognize when it has become a problem? Um, if you and if you have a partner who watches a lot of porn, like um, from the partner's perspective, how do you kind of see the signs that it's maybe impacting them and that it's become a problem? Yep. So firstly, uh, I have asked every single client that's come in, does their partner know that they watch porn um, from the beginning of time? And the answer was always either no or um, she knows I watch porn. And then I say to them, does she know what you just told me? So the frequency, where you're watching it, how often you're watching it, what you're actually watching and, you know, and then, you know, the sex parlors and the massages and the, does she know all of that? And they're like, no. And so I have not once met a man who has, so it's a hundred percent across the board. This is being kept a secret um, to the degree that it is, let's say. Mm -hmm. So some, you know, uh, women will say, yeah, I'm sure he watches porn or I've seen him or, you know, I just assume or, yeah, he's pretty open about it or whatever, but I can tell you right now that he's not, he's not telling you exactly what's going on. Um, the other mm. problem with that is, is, um, that it's, it's not just a secret, but the secret, the secrecy of it actually adds, um, to the addiction. So it, if you're doing something, let's say naughty or kinky or, you know, whatever it is that you label it as, then that creates more of a dopamine reaction in the body. So the secrecy itself in I shouldn't be doing this, my partner doesn't know, or, or you know, I, I'm watching, you know, fetish and this and that, 
um, then that that's when it becomes more of an addiction. The actual chemical reaction is higher if someone doesn't, if people don't know what you're doing, and that's where, that's where it gets mm. a, you know more dangerous. So we're trying to encourage um, you know more women to have these conversations because women are feeling very insecure. They're feeling like they're nagging if they ask, you know, and and that they're needy kind of thing that they have no right to actually. Um, question this because it, it kind of questions, you know, their relationship and, you know, why shouldn't they be watching porn? Mm. And, and like you said about the content, we never talk about content in the work that I do because A, I want to sleep at night and B, it's, it's actually irrelevant because, uh, not completely irrelevant, but mostly irrelevant because ethical porn still does the same thing to your brain and your penis as violent porn. And this is where the argument will start to come in of couples watching it together and, you know, um, you know, firing up your sex life with porn and only watching it occasionally. And, you know, that's all fine. If you want to, you know, uh, spice up your life with an external thing instead of addressing why you need spicing up life, <laughs> then that's up to you. You know, I'm not here to slap people on the wrists and, and come from the morals perspective, but if you're watching it regularly, it doesn't matter what the content is, then you're going to have the same problems in the body, the brain, the genitals as, um, as someone, you know, that's, that's, you know, watching violent porn. Now, the violent porn obviously has a, a, a more detrimental, you know, damage to the brain and also to the control panel of the personality, which is in the frontal lobe. And that, that defines your, um, sexual control and your sexual urges and controlling, you know, behaviors in general. You know, so that's where that starts to come in and people aren't getting, you know, that, that hit or that stimulus out of something. And then they're watching something more intense and more intense and more intense. They go down the rabbit hole and then they need something more because porn is boring, if you can believe that. So then they're looking outside of their relationship to satisfy that hunger uh, and the brain searching for the next drug hit. Um, so that's mm. where the, the danger comes in with couples. Um, what we want to see is people just talking about this all the time. Because if you've, got, if you've got a man who's got a porn addiction, and we'll just define that again in this episode as once a month or more, this is where all the jaws hit the ground and say, what the hell? <laughs> um, and, and so watching it once or more is classified as regular and therefore um, classified as an addiction. And that's, you know, by textbook definition and all the things. Go back and watch the first, uh, listen to the first episode for that. But you know, if, if there is a regular use, uh, that, and you have kids, right? Not only is it affecting your relationship because she might be blaming herself for your erections. Um, no one's ever talking about the erection issues and it's the number one, um, symptom of porn addiction. It's actually called porn induced erectile dysfunction. Mm. And it's a hundred percent of my clients. That's, that's the been the cause has been porn, mm. not the smoking, not the drugs, not the, alcohol, not the age, our treatment in their 80s, um, it's not, you know, diabetes, all, of, all the medications, all the things that we know that affect erections. It, I'm not saying they don't because they do, but if you take away porn, the erections start to return, wow. 100% of cases. Wow. Yeah. So the, the women aren't talking about it. The men are too embarrassed. Um, the men aren't showing up in sex. I can guarantee you that because I am a woman <laughs> and I have been with men that watch porn and don't watch porn. And so they're not present. And if anyone's done any energy work or understands body work or any of that stuff, you know, 
when someone's with you and you know when they're not and they're either in their heads or, you know, and, and this is why I wrote the book because confidentially I can't share things, but the things that I hear on a daily basis, the women need to know what's going on. The men are all, you know, they're not getting erections because they don't feel attracted or they're blaming their erections on the ugliness of the woman. Um, you know, they're not telling you things, they're cheating on you. Like there's a whole lot of stuff that's going on associated with this porn addiction that women need to know and they need to start having these conversations. Um, and we can, you know, I can help you with that. I'm treating Mm. couples, we're treating women who have partners, um, who watch porn, but most of the time it's secret. And when the women ask, the guys get, as you say, really defensive. Um, Mm. and if there's nothing wrong with it, then why is everyone getting so triggered by it? (laughs) Yeah, totally. Yeah. When you try to take away something that's, that is actually, uh, a dependency or an addiction it's just like whew, it's like trying to take a toy off a child like tantrums ensue and blaming and you know I guess because it's wrapped up in no small portion of shame like yes he would maybe mm. on one hand be like oh, I'm not doing anything wrong and this and that but then I think deep down there would often be some shame wrapped in there a little bit of um I guess, well, I mean, insecurities around the erectile dysfunction that's been induced by watching too much porn yeah. and, yeah, so tricky and, and yeah. you know, feeling a little bit like, you know, they're betraying this person that they love and maybe they don't even recognise themselves or their own behaviour, depending on how far along they've kind of gotten mm. with that. You know, mm. there's a full a full spectrum. I mean, yeah. some people are leading completely normal lives and then on on the other end of the spectrum it's just like completely destroying everything about their life you know um and so like I'm hearing some telltale signs for a partner even though the the man might not be talking about it some warning signs might be that you know you can feel they're not present in sex or intimacy they have issues getting or keeping an erection um Mm -hmm. are there any other things that you could kind of look out for um, in a partner. Yeah, to, it's kind of yeah. this. Yeah, it's the same as gaming and phone addiction. If you take your, if you have a teenage child like I do, <laughs> and you take her phone away from her, you're going to see what happens, and and that's uh, it's agitation, it's boredom, it's feeling like um, they can't focus or concentrate on anything mm. else, and this is where the brain damage hits them. So it's the decision making. It's the focus, concentration, memory, um, controlling behaviors or controlling urges just in general. Um, mm. you know, being really, really super impulsive is, is mm. one of the signs as well. Um, because of all the chemical reactions and stuff that are ha- happening in the brain. Mm. Um, lying is, is also, I guess, you know, that moral side of things. If, if they're, um, you know, they'll be lying about things to cover up their porn addiction for starters and then mm. you know porn addiction always turns into something else because the porn gets boring and then so they mm. look for something else um mm. and that's where men really struggle because a lot of them refuse to cheat and i hear it all the time well it's it's better than cheating is what they say you know mm. and i just say to them but don't you want to be like fully connected if not to this partner to someone <laughs> yeah. you know like like is the relationship damaged Let's look at the intimacy. You know, there's so many like little tree branches off mm. porn addiction and toxic masculinity. There's Me Too. There's the sex trafficking. There's um, sexual violence. There's domestic violence. 
you know, so if you've got domestic violence in your, in your, um, in your relationship, that whole not feeling like he's connected stuff, you may not see that if you're not aware of what the difference is between someone who watches porn and who doesn't. Mm. Um, whereas I have that as a, as a really strong foundation standard. I can, I can spot it in a client and I can spot mm. it in a, in a, you know, a partner or whatever. I feel that this is where women are, uh, lacking skills. I don't know if it's skills, but awareness of, where he's at in the moment mm. because a lot of them are not really connecting themselves sexually. Yeah. Or they might not um, have a point of reference. Know, like that a lot of women might right. never have been with a, a man who hasn't watched porn and who has been truly present. So there's that coming into it as well. Correct. And no one ever asks and, and you know, people are three months in, four months in and they they message me going, oh, God, I've just found out he's got a porn addiction. I'm like, okay, so what happened <laughs> to the bit of asking, A, for what we want, but B, just investigative kind of, you know, conversations because we're afraid of judgment. Uh, we're afraid to hurt them. We're afraid um, to be hurt. Um, we feel insecure about it. We're not really sure if we have the right to be, you know, funny about this. Um, you want to, you know, you don't want to come across as judgmental. So the women are, are suffering before, you know, in, in this other way. Um, the men are just going for it. <laughs> and mm. the women are left to kind of sweep around what's happening, you know, mm. and just pick up the pieces and, and they don't know how to react. They don't know what to do. They don't know what to suggest. Mm. Um, and so that's right. where I come in. Do, do, do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. The porn lady is my nickname. The porn lady. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's where I want to go. This is like how, the fuck do you talk to a partner about this in a way that's not going to get their back up, that's not going to be attacking or shaming or judging, that's still loving, that's still, but also still respecting your own boundaries and needs and being like, hang on, this is pretty unacceptable. I love you. I want to help mm. you. I want to support you. But also mm. this is affecting me negatively. Like it's such a complex thing because then, you know, the, the woman is usually quite wounded. There's that betrayal yeah. Um, yeah. wound that's opened up. Up and and the inadequacy or the am I not good enough? Do you not love me enough? Like the, it's a very complex little concoction of emotions that arises from this situation and this dynamic. So, can yeah. we start talking about how to actually approach a partner about their yeah. porn addiction and then how to? And we'll kind of get into later how to actually start tackling it. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, only a small number of my clients have, um, you know, had this miracle cure. They've found the porn lady. They're like, this is amazing. They've done the treatment and, and, and they've got off it straight away. And they get so excited that they rush home. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, hang on a sec. They're like, oh, I'm going to talk to my partner about it. I'm like, oh, just, just wait, right? Because you're, you're about to walk into a hornet's nest. You have no idea what's about to happen. Mm. And like, oh, but I'm over it now. I'm like, no, no, no. Not only is there the, let's say, sexual betrayal or the whatever but it's the it's the fact that you lied about it for 20 30 40 years mm. um and there's always other behaviors that go with it and you know someone who gets really honest wants to then admit they've been cheating and they you know all that oh but i'm secured now and i'm gonna sort this out and so i sat mm. with a um 
another male coach and we, he had a porn addiction and we went backwards and forwards and I was the woman and he was the, the guy with the porn addiction. And instead of being coaches, we were like, we were having a conversation like, how would we actually write this up as a process? So everyone can find that on my website, on my blog. Um, and I've just got it in front of me now. So I can just tell you. So this is for a man to approach a woman because the women, uh, it's, a, it's a little bit simpler because they're asking questions. They're not delivering information. Um, and so I always guide women to be like, Hey, do you, do you watch porn at all? And it's kind of not casual because you don't want to tiptoe around it, but it's, it's more casual. Right. Mm-hmm. And, Informal. and they'll look, they'll look at you a certain way and you have to read everything that you're seeing but be like a practitioner kind of stepping out of your body just for a second and observe what you're seeing all right because if you go in thinking oh my god I'm so scared to ask this question and I don't know what's going to happen and he's going to tell me yes and but you you need to do a little bit of work around it first to think okay so what if he says yes what am, what am I going to do what, how am I going to react? Am I going to get really defensive? Am I going to really shocked? Am I just going to drill him with information, you know, more questions? So just check in with yourself as a woman before you let, you know, throw the, the grenade, <laughs> you know, but you can, you can throw it up into a, a casual conversation or you can do it in a group. You know, every time I go to the a bar, I've got 50 people around me <laughs> talking to me, just admitting because no one ever talks about it. So when you start talking about it, people start to open up. Mm. So you could say, do you know what's porn? And then I ask them to ask them, how often are you watching it, do you think, in a week? And then that's it. And just leave that conversation to either unravel or close up or whatever, and then that's it, and then move on with your day. And then decide what you're going to do with the way they reacted and the information that they gave you. Um, and, and then maybe say later on, Hey, you know how we talked about, can we have a chat about that later on? Right. You don't want to bomb a man, um, cause they'll get really defensive mm-hmm. and they'll lie. Okay. So then we've got the other end of it, which is what I coach the guys through and we get now the guide is online. It's very kind of, you know, uh, evolved and wordy and people don't generally talk like this, but it's just a guide <laughs> and step one. <laughs> Step one is, you know, I want to honor your loyalty and trust and I want to be responsible for my own actions moving forward. All right. So it's like laying the foundations. This is my, this is the outcome or this is my intention. Uh, and then you say, I want us to have a conversation, which is pretty difficult and sensitive for me. And I'm being courageous and vulnerable. So I'd love to feel safe in this. Mm-hmm. All right. So it's all about creating safety for both of you. Um, when I sat on the couch with this guy, he was like, I'm just going to tell you I've got a porn addiction and you can't be triggered. Like, whoa, I'm already triggered from you saying that. Wow. <laughs> so I was like, you can't land, you know, throw <laughs> this information at a woman and expect her to just sit there, listen to you, not interrupt, not be triggered, not get defensive. We're, we're talking about um, this is a pretty big secret that people are unloading Some, and you don't know how the other person's going to react. Um, so, you know, we went back and forth and we found, you know, a happy medium. Um, and then you say, are you, are you ready to hear something about me that may change the way you see me? All right. Mm. And by that stage, she's panicking, of course, but you just say, it's okay. But I, I just really, really, if you have any questions, I'm more than happy to answer them at the end, but can I please have the space and time to share and express? 
right? And then you ask them, are you ready to have a conversation with me that might be difficult for us both? Right? If you get a no, back out of there straight away. Mm. Right? Whenever I say to women, how you approach men or men, how you approach women, you just have one question and it's a pre-frame and all you do is say, would it be okay for us to sit down and talk about something later on? Do you have the time and space to give me? That's it. Mm. That's the question that you ask when you're approaching yeah. a partner because then they're going to say, oh, what is going on? There's no way, you know, don't approach them while they're working or anything like that because mm. the conversation will probably happen right then and there because yeah. you know what it's like. I need to tell you something later. Oh, no, you don't. What, are, what is it? <laughs> tell me now. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. So you've got to be prepared for what's about to unfold um, on both sides of the, of the fence. So, so you're asking them and you're getting a yes or no. If you haven't noticed, I'm asking these questions of the, of the woman. I need to know, is, is it okay if I step forward, if I step forward? And you want to get a yes right, every time. Um, and then they say, I appreciate that you're feeling, you're going to feel upset, angry, hurt, confused, and betrayed. So in that way, you're acknowledging their feelings or their potential feelings before they even occur. Um, may I please ask that we deal with that separately as I want to honor your feelings properly. And right now I can't do that to an extent. I want to be able to open up and more in the future around this and other issues and taking your anger out on me in this moment could traumatize me further. This is where she's going to get triggered because this is where I got triggered. Mm. <laughs> what do you mean you're going to tell me I can't get triggered? <laughs> right? mm. So it's really important that um, that you read her language, that you pause, that you don't have this sheet in front of you kind of thing, or you can and, and say, I'm so nervous about this. I, I just need, you know, I've got this thing online <laughs> and I just need to prompt myself um, and just reading the body language because if there's triggering at that stage, just address that then. Are you okay? How are you feeling right now? And she'll be like, just tell me what it is. <laughs> Right, because she'll be feeling like you're hiding stuff even more and she's probably thinking the worst by now, which mm. isn't necessarily a bad thing. <laughs> and then uh, you say, I'm committed to working through this with you and I'm looking for solutions and actions that we can both take to improve our relationship and intimacy. And that may not happen at that point, but you can throw that in. And then at some point you tell them what's going on. I've been watching porn since I was 13 years old. That's it. That's all you have to say. And then the woman's going to, you know, be relieved <laughs> that you, you know, that you just built this thing up. And she's like, oh, because she often isn't going to understand what that means. And mm. then you can say, well, you know, look, if, when I'm, you know, how I don't get erections all the time. I've I've done some research, and it turns out that that's why. <laughs> You know, and, and then you start talking about, like, do some research, by the way, before you launch this and, and start talking about, you know, those erections and, you know, how I can't concentrate and I'm, ne I'm always tired all the time and I can't really, I'm shitty with the kids and I can't really connect and I've got anxiety and depression. I think this is it. I think this is why. And then I say, do you have any questions? And then just take it from there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're, we're diffusing the bomb before it even goes off and we're honouring the woman. Sorry, I'm speaking like a man here, but we're <laughs> honouring the, the partner because it can be the other way around as well. So women mm. can have porn addictions, ex mm -hmm. exactly the same, uh, just doesn't affect their erections. But we're honouring that space. Um, most people don't talk this way, right, and we get mm. that. So you're going to have to read this and, and write down 
you know, ask a question, create space, create safety. You could even have a safety word, a safe word, um, where the person so and and have the commitment that you won't walk off in the conversation. That's really important as well. Mm-hmm. Just promise me you're not going to walk off, and and yeah. no matter how angry you are, and just I will hold you. You can scream. You can cry. I will, you know, but we promise that we won't walk off on each other. And if there, if you need time out, then there's a safe word and we just sit silently. You know, mm. people are so afraid and they're so triggered and people have PTSD and past traumas and that's all going to come up in this conversation. Mm. Yeah. So what about if the the partner who is with the person with the porn addiction has sort of noticed that these things are really impacting the relationship, their sex life, uh, intimacy, and they want to approach just in this instance it's the man because the man is not the one coming to the relationship saying, hey, I want to talk about this. Yes. What it, As yep. a woman, how do you approach that? in a way that's going to be loving and be received well. I mean, you can't guarantee it's going to be received well. It's probably not. Um, but what's the best way to approach it and bring up the topic and just start to have a dialogue around it so that you can maybe work towards a solution together? Yeah, knowing men the way I know them um, and in my own personal life, I like I said before, that's the casual kind of informal approach mm-hmm. um, and just have that one question, do you watch porn, and then ask, you know, uh, how often do you reckon you watch it and just watch body language and all of that stuff. Uh, if he starts to fidget and look around the room and panic, then it's probably more than what he ends up saying, you know, but just not being on the attack um, and, and asking, you know, am I ready to receive this information before you even, you know, approach? Mm. Um, because I even have clients that come in, they know why they're coming in, they know what they're about to talk about, and the form, they lie. <laughs> and then five mm. minutes later, once I've explained to them what porn addiction is and we go through the neuroscience and I kind of let them off the hook in that sense because it's like, well, this is a drug addiction in your brain. They're like, oh, my God, I'm not a bad person. And then they often say, oh, it's probably more than that. Mm. And I'm like, well, I kind of knew that, <laughs> you know. And and so mm. they're, they're ticking boxes even in the professional environment for this issue that, that skirt around the truth. So just assume that they're both lying and they're both telling the truth. Like you can't be attached to the outcome is, is what I'm trying to say there. Um, I also have a number of um, webinars that I can share with people and I often say to that, uh, say to people, yeah, I'll send you this. It's on YouTube. Just sit down. Just ask them, are you willing to sit down and watch something? I've found this chick online. She's, mm. um, you know, talking about erectile dysfunction. I've noticed, you know, and we've never really talked about it, but I don't want you to feel awkward right now. So you kind of... You don't want to let them off the hook completely, but you, you want to create that safe space. Um, yeah. If they start to freak out, just hold strong. Don't don't attack, just, just hold space. Mm. I can hold space with the best of them. I've seen men with colostomy bags, men have lost their shit. I've cleaned up puddles of snot and tears. They've been in fetal positions. They're moving, they're shaking, their kundalini is activating. They're screaming and yelling and releasing all the trauma. And I just stand there and I just keep going 
Mm. And when it first started to happen, I was guided, do not stop, do not ask, you know, are they okay? Do not, you know, I'm not going to hug them obviously because they're clients, but they're, they're naked underneath my hands and they're losing their shit. So you just hold space. You just keep going. You just keep yeah. going and you're going. Sometimes there'll be words you'll just say, you know, it's okay. All right. So you just, if you can just put yourself in a position of someone that works with men all the time instead of being a wife, I don't know, that's very difficult. Mm. You just need to hold space. Yeah, yeah. And, and, just, and just hold strong. And, and, but have boundaries for yourself, right? So if we're in a situation where we're talking about someone who is probably going to react badly, let's say, or violently, then be very, very careful and have boundaries. And that's why you just creep into it. Ask one question, mm. see what happens, ask another question, then just, mm. okay, thanks for letting me know. And then they may chase you up. Why did you want to know that for? <laughs> yeah. what, what's going on? What, what's, you know? Hey, would you be open to watching a webinar about it to see yeah. if we can improve our relationship? I think that's right? like and so not- handy having, cause sometimes if it's coming from you, it is just not going to land or they're not going to take it on board yes. or it's too triggering. It's too sort that's of close right. to home. But if you do have a video they can watch or a book they can read or just, I guess a little video on YouTube would be the most accessible and, and the most easy for them to just pop on or you could just pop it on together and then that could start a dialogue and it's just so helpful to have those resources where it's like you know it's de-shaming it's normalizing it's like putting it in layman's terms and being like hey it's actually like really common and here's what to do about it and yeah I think um I was sort of um, reminded of a framework that I teach people when it comes to communication about um yeah, crunchy things or like conflict resolution. And often it, often I um, coach people through it when they're wanting to talk about stuff in the bedroom with a partner that might be a bit awkward or vulnerable. And yeah, sort of reminded yeah. me of that when you were talking about um, going to your partner and, and bringing it up. And my framework's kind of similar. It's like, you know, first checking, is this a good time? Is this a good time? Like, you know, do you have the capacity for a difficult conversation and making sure that you're not going to drop a bomb on them non-consensually when they're Mm -hmm. totally not equipped or not in the right space to have that chat? And then the next thing is like speaking about what you're afraid of happening if you bring it up. So being like, I really want to talk to you about this thing. I've been you know, dwelling on it and thinking about it, but I'm really afraid that it's going to make you feel ashamed or trigger you and, um, and it's going to push us further apart and it won't, you know, be received well. And then you talk about what you would love to happen through talking about it. So you've said what you're afraid of, and then you go into like, but what I would actually love this to do is like bring us closer together, open up a dialogue around something that I feel really vulnerable about and I know that you will too and I just want to get on the same team about this and and feel more connected and close and tackle it together. And then you say, okay, so I've noticed that you yes. watch a lot of porn and you're having erectile issues and it's making you feel like fucking shit. So like let's tackle this together and you talk about the actual <laughs> issue. But after Get you've the sort of out and the mankini, yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you start wrestling in the dirt and you've got to be prepared. That's beautiful. You and I need to do some more work around this. We need to publish that. Um, mm. Yeah, you need to be prepared to get down and dirty. Like if, if you're um, – the type of woman that I hear about a lot where they're really defensive. Like, so I always ask the men, have you spoken to your wife about this? Have you spoken to about, um, about sex to your partner? Um, and I'll often say, how often does she masturbate? And they just go, I, 
well, I don't know. And I'm like, you don't know. It's like the simple little conversations are not being had. Mm. And so, you know, if there's, there's women out there listening and you're really funny about having a conversation around sex, don't, <laughs> don't do this. Don't, don't jump in there. There's some more work to be done first, which I'm yeah. sure you can do with Freya or myself. Um, <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, it's, it's so important. Uh, I, I treat women as, as well and have done for 15 years, but you know, just don't advertise it. We'll be doing more of that, but they get the same form as the men. And, and so it's really confronting for them. They're like, I have to ask them, you know, in the form, how often do you masturbate? Well, they either don't fill it in or they, they start, I can tell when they're answering that question, even though I can't see the question, they start moving around in their chair. Mm. One woman even said to me, I'm not here for this. I'm not here for this. And I said, but if I'm going to assume you're not masturbating, it wasn't that she had to tell me that it was an embarrassing, vulnerable moment. It was that she wasn't and never had. And I said to her, you know, masturbation is self-pleasure, is self-care, self-love, self-worth, self-pleasure. And if it's not happening, it doesn't matter who you are, there's something else going on, lots mm. of other things going on. And so it gives me that, that question tells me that there's more going on than the anxiety that you just came in to see me for, mm. you know. So I've yeah. got um, not loaded questions, but my form is there's reasons why I ask everything. Um, yeah. So if you're one of those women that really doesn't like talking about sex, um, you're just accommodating your man in terms of when you do have sex and it's not frequent and you're not, you're not initiating sex and you're not comfortable talking about it, then please don't have this conversation until, you know, um, you are comfortable to a, to a degree and that you have, do have your boundaries. And like you mm. say, you know, you, you, you know what the intention is and what the outcome the the lovely outcome you're looking for. Mm. Um, don't go in there and accuse men of, of things. You'll get a mm. defense, you'll get a block, um, you'll get lying. And, um, you know, to be honest, I'd, I'd do the same. You know, if someone's going to just throw it as an accusation. Um, so it's, it's, it's a, you know, baby steps. You just yeah. kind of walk it. You, don't, you could be walking into the fire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. You know, both people. Deep end when you haven't sort of learnt to paddle around with floaties yet. You've just definitely got to just sort of ease into it because communication skills are like no easy thing and you can't sort of just take for granted that you have those. Like most of us aren't really that equipped and and haven't learnt good communication styles and techniques and tools and boundaries and, yeah, and we've got our own sort of shit that we're seeing things through, you know, this lens of our own experience and wounding. So it is, this is advanced shit, you know, and it's it seems crazy that having conversations is so advanced and so fucking difficult sometimes but that's usually... Like I, people come to me for all sorts of stuff, but I usually find um, if they're in a partnership, no matter what they're coming for or what issue they think there is in the relationship, we always have to go back to communication and starting to fix that piece of the puzzle. Because mm. if you can't communicate about this stuff with your partner and it's, you know, uncomfortable for you or they're uncomfortable, like it's just, you're not going to get very far, you know. Um, yeah. yeah, well, I want to talk about how you can actually overcome this addiction and whether it's possible to reverse the sort of damage in the brain and things like that. I also wanted to touch upon um, ejaculation. Um, but first, I wanted to slot in the, preg- the pregnant, the segment, get pregnant and die. Don't have sex because you will get pregnant 
and stop. Don't have sex in the missionary position. Don't have, don't have sex standing up. Just don't do it. Promise? Uh, where I ask all my guests if they've got a story or an anecdote about how their sex education failed them. Well, <laughs> I didn't have any sex education. Yeah, classic. I was handed I was handed a book from the teachers' library, uh, which my mum gave to me when I I still remember the house, the couch. You know, I was in my pajamas. I was I was laying there, and I, I had a sick day. I was sick, and she came up behind the couch. She didn't even come up to me face to face, and handed me this book and said, "If you've got any questions, let me know." And walked away. And I'm like, oh, my God, like the awkwardness. Um, mm. And that's been a massive thing in my life has been I'm afraid of awkwardness because I've been given awkwardness as a gift from my mm. parents. Um, you know, and I, I, there were not many pictures and, you know, I was in primary school. Um, I think maybe there was a, you know, where do I come from talk coming up where you had to go take your parents to school. And I mm-hmm. think there was a bit of a rush on, you know, or we haven't said anything. <laughs> and so I was very naive. I wasn't like my, my daughter, I'm pretty sure in this day and age would know about sex, even if I didn't tell her. Whereas back then we went to a Catholic school. You didn't, you didn't speak about anything. I didn't know what an erection was or a penis or, you know, nothing. I didn't know about masturbation or anything. So, you know, stumbling forward into like my relationships when I was 16. Oh my God. Just, I don't even want to <laughs> just kill me now. You know? Yeah. It's like, what, how is, why, where's his penis? You go to touch his penis for the first time in the movies over the jeans. Sorry, Stuart. <laughs> and, and, you, and you just go, where is it? It's like, it's up to the, you know, up to the right. And so like, how did it get up there? Why isn't it like just in his jocks? And I, that's the thing. I had no education. I didn't know what an erection was. I'm like, what is that? Yeah, embarrassing. <laughs> oh, my God. So good. Where's his penis? Um, classic. Where's it gone? Why isn't it between his legs? Yeah. It's gone, it's gone for a little crawl up the body, you know, in the jeans. <laughs> oh, my God. I remember those moments of just like, to- like it's mm. so fucking penises are wild when you don't know what, like I remember learning about, <laughs> yeah, like the dick goes in the vag and I was like, hang on a second to like, come on, now. you can't tell me that that soft little thing manages to get yep. big and hard and actually fucking like, I just could not wrap my yeah. head around it when we learned about it in school. And then when I first came to like actually, uh, coming across <laughs> a dick or an erection, I just, I was like, what the fuck? I can't believe this shit. It's so fascinating, but also yeah. so, um, yeah tricky to kind of you felt like such an idiot and you felt so like awkward oh, and, and so like awkward. <laughs> yeah because you're just fishing around you're like oh my god and then you know they've tucked it up into their waistband and it's like what <laughs> oh lucky boy <laughs> yeah, it's like what is this thing does it hurt like you know and that's the same because all you've got as a point of reference is your brother or your dad mm. if you've seen you know stuff at home and yeah you can't associate that with anything sexual because it's just weird and wrong and Mm. so you know what erections were just like what 
talked, and because we were at a Catholic school, we only ever talked about reproduction and any of the suggestions that got put in the box got ripped up and thrown away mm. um, because, you know, we weren't even allowed to talk about contraception in Catholic yeah. schools. So we had no idea, you know. We knew there was a banana and it was a condom and it was like, no, I just – so the awkwardness led to lack of skills and lack of confidence and, oh, my God, like yeah. how I, I just fumbled my way through. And it's quite funny that I do what I do now um, because of my past, you know. Mm. Um, oh, there's so many stories, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, while we're on know, the topic of flashbacks um, and yeah. <laughs> Oh, me Directions. too. <laughs> I know. It's bizarre that I do what I do now, but I guess that's exactly why, oh, you know. so funny. Um, yeah, it is. While we're on the topic of of erections why don't we yeah. talk about ejaculation because i want to know like what your thoughts are on ejaculation how often is it actually healthy to be jizzing because if you're watching a lot of porn and you're masturbating <laughs> to that porn you're probably blowing your yeah. load like fuck loads of like a lot a lot more than your, yeah. your body really wants to be and uh, we talked in the last episode about how that can be really depleting energetically hormonally uh, nutritionally so yeah what's a healthy amount to be ejaculating so the end goal or the biggest outcome is that you become a sex god, right? And that's why my 90-day program, which isn't running at the moment, is called Awaken Your Sex God because we want the outcomes or the goals are full body orgasms at the bare minimum, multiple orgasms and orgasm without ejaculation, right? So that by definition is called semen retention. And mm -hmm. there's a, there's, there's a lot of misinformation out there about NoFap and, and semen retention. People think that semen retention is that is NoFap, that you actually don't masturbate, you don't orgasm, you don't ejaculate, and some of them aren't even having sex, right? And they call that semen retention, which is incorrect. Mm -hmm. So the Taoist, um, and the tantric, uh, ways of, of where, where this is stemmed from, the old Sanskrit stuff and the Kama Sutra and all that is semen retention is learning how to have an orgasm without ejaculation. Therefore, you can have multiple orgasms without losing your erection, uh, and you're not depleting yourself. And most men, or all men, I should say, will know uh, what we call the ejaculation hangover. So it's the post-ejaculation feeling. The guy will roll over and go to sleep, and you might be just laying there like, how is he asleep right now? <laughs> Five minutes after, you know, you're fully charged sexually, and he's he's gone to sleep. Um, guys will all often call masturbation, you know, um, stress relief, tension relief, relief normally goes, you know, stress relief. It, it, it's all about releasing that mm. tension in the body, I guess. Mm. Um, so it's called the ejaculation hangover for a reason because your nuts have gone into overdrive because you just lost a million gazillion <laughs> sperm. And so they're like, oh, shit, we've, we've got to make some more, right? Because your nuts don't just lay there and go, oh, we're tired as well, right? They're like, oh, shit, we just lost a load. We've got to get, we've got to get moving, right? And action so stations. it's like a manufacturing, yeah, action stations, quick. And so, um, you know, when you first get a cold at that first day and people, people all know this, that you feel like you've been hit by a bowling ball or a truck, 
um, your glands and your throat and you're like, oh no, I'm getting sick and you're like super tired and heavy. That's the thymus shutting the body down to get ready to fight the bacteria or the virus or whatever that's that's come on board, right? So it's actually your thymus that shuts you down and makes you feel that way. And the nuts do the same thing. So the nuts shut you down energetically because they require energy to produce sperm. We're all made up of energy. It's all atoms and, and quantum physics and, and all the stuff. So this isn't woo-woo. It's <laughs> the nuts need energy to produce more sperm. So that's mm. the shutdown feeling. Um, that you get in your body. The other thing that's happened is you've lost your chi. Your chi is your life force energy. Chi flows through meridians and, and organs and glands and chakras throughout the body. Um, I'm a kinesiologist, so we, we work with that a lot and, and it's very much based on Chinese medicine. So you've got, um, energy in, uh, bodily fluids. All right. And so when you lose semen, you lose bodily fluids, you lose energy, you lose chi. And chi is also responsible for sexual energy. So, and we call that Kundalini energy. So if you are tired, super tired, like you're unwell or you're on cold flu meds or you've been on ice for three days straight, you won't be able to have a proper orgasm because your body is really, really tired and you've got, you're depleted in chi because your body's trying to fight something or you've been up for three days or, you know, whatever, right? So we're not superhuman. We've only got a certain amount of energy that is, is in the body at any given time. And so when you ejaculate, you lose your chi, but you also lose vital nutrients and minerals, which are just so depleting. So you lose up to half your daily zinc every time you ejaculate. I'm yeah. just going to just drop that there. Right? <laughs> zinc is the number one mineral for men. It keeps everything healthy. It keeps your immune system running. Um, it's what... It's how you produce testosterone. If you don't have zinc in your body, you won't be producing enough testosterone. Testosterone is responsible for all the man stuff, hair, nails, skin, um, moods, uh, muscle mass, you know, producing sperm, fertility, all of the reproductive functions. If you don't have testos enough testosterone, you'll be going bald, you'll have greasy skin. You So all of these guys that are porn addicts, let's say, um, by definition, will have a zinc deficiency. And this mm -hmm. is where I come in on a different level to what like a, a porn addiction coach or something would come in because when they sit down in front of me now, I say, are you on zinc? No, why not? like, what do you mean? I'm like, okay, well, this is what it does. You need to take 50 milligrams every single day for the rest of your life as a man, right? And especially at the moment, I'm not going to mention the C or V words, but, the, you know, if you want to look after your immune system, get on zinc, mm -hmm. okay? So the other thing that they're losing trace um, amounts of when they ejaculate is selenium. Selenium keeps the prostate healthy. So all the urologists and the doctors who keep telling men to ejaculate at least 21 times a month because it keeps the pipes clean and blah, 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 is based on a study that was done many, many years ago that I've poked holes through, completely poked holes through in my book. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, cleaning out the pipes, you don't need to ejaculate to have an orgasm. It doesn't happen naturally. We do have to train you how to do that because you've trained yourself to, to have both at the same time. But when we start to separate those two those two processes out, um, you, you avoid all this depletion. And so yeah. selenium keeps the prostate healthy and you're losing it every time you ejaculate. The other thing is when you're producing too much oxytocin in the body, you're creating problems for your prostate as well. 
Mm. So, you know, wow. that's yeah. so ejaculation is not, uh, regular ejaculation is not healthy for you. Now, the other question we always get asked is what about sex versus masturbation, right? It's like, ooh, okay. So that's adding a different variable. With my clients, I recommend only ejaculating once a week. They can masturbate every day, but they can only ejaculate once a week. Mm-hmm. Even that is, you know, pushing it. Once a fortnight would be ideal. Um, but, but then when we go to the once a month, it's like, are they only masturbating once a month? Because then that's, we want them to actually self-pressure more often. So we say weekly or, or fortnightly, just once. Um, and then when it comes to sex, that also depletes you exactly the same way. And so this is where the sex god stuff comes in. Why wouldn't you want to be a sex god and learn how to have multiple orgasms without ejaculation? And so you won't have erection issues and you won't lose your, your chi and your minerals and your nutrients, right? And then guys always say, oh, you know, what about it's, it's healthy to, to ejaculate like once every, at least once a month. I think it's 13 days that uh, a man's uh, semen will start to go back into the, the urinary system if he hasn't ejaculated. That's when guys start to have um, what they call wet dreams. Mm-hmm. If they haven't ejaculated in 13 days, that's, that's the technical thing, but they're all afraid that it's going back into their bodies and it's causing mayhem, right? Your, your balls won't produce more sperm if there's, a, if there's no requirement. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's not like your bladder then has a whole lot of semen in it, but you will urinate it out. It's no big deal. So it's just overcoming those belief systems and, and understanding the science and the, and the nutrition behind this. Because mm. uh, we want, we want our men healthier. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we've got the brain function, the erectile dysfunction, the depletion in energy. Like, why, why would you want to do this? Why would you want to do this to yourself? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, totally. And it is, I mean, I think a lot of the time people use it as a bit of a sleeping pill because it does, yeah, as you yeah. said, the release, but also it releases prolactin, which makes them sleepy. And, you know, I think there's also this, um, it's almost like we're so hyper aroused and our, we're in that sympathetic activation of the nervous system all the time that we can't relax. So then we have to have these vices like alcohol or drugs yeah. or ejaculation in order to relax. And like, it's not even winding down. It's more just like, yeah, snuffing your energy out to the point where you can then yeah. go to sleep. So I guess it's all about like habits yeah. and lifestyle and yeah, taking a holistic approach, but it does, I feel like it can feel so overwhelming and there's just so many factors and it's this big like thing that just, you know, is shrouded in shame and taboo. And I guess it's a complex thing. So it can feel a bit, yeah, like a, like pretty massive to start trying to tackle it. Yeah, and it when you're already bit- in this like cycle, that's just quite easy and it's habitual. Yeah. How the fuck do we like where do you start? Like, where do you actually start tackling this with men, erectile dysfunction, porn addiction? Like what's the first step to healing when someone comes for help? Yeah. So the good news is uh, we start to see a difference and there's various differences that we see and look at the other um, variables like erections returning, um, just uh, easier to concentrate, more energy. And that starts to happen within a two week period. So it's, it's actually not all doom and gloom. It's just you have to decide that you want to do the work because there is work required. This isn't just, oh, okay, guys, stop watching porn. It's not good for you. <laughs> you know, we've got a, every, for every 
problem, like you say, people are self-soothing um, and using it as a, a, you know, a pill to get to sleep. Well, we address that. So I give you something to uh, yoga nidra meditation for insomnia, and we get you to not only fall asleep easier, but connect to your own body. Um, because it goes first finger, second finger, third finger, fourth finger. And so mm. instead of thinking about stuff, you're thinking about your body, which then helps me help you when you come in and see me because you're connecting your brain to your body. It's that, that mm. connection that's missing. Um, so two weeks is, uh, the, the golden number. And that's why I've got a, a thing called the two week challenge. And we're going to give that away for free today to anyone listening. Um, which is, it's normally $17 and you can find it on my website if you want to go there and, and purchase it. But I'm giving it to you guys for free because a lot can happen in two weeks and but it's not just off you go and see what you can do for two weeks. And it's, it's a strict guidelines that you need to follow. It comes with a 35 page ebook. Um, and it's, it's pulled all the, the gold out of my, um, current book, my new book. And it talks about breath work, um, arousal system, limbic system, the five senses, um, closing your eyes, making yourself comfortable, like all of the, all, there's 13 steps. And we go into it in great detail and then there's one page where it's just a checklist so you don't have to be like flicking through pages going, what am I meant to be doing now? Mm. Right? And it's and it's strict timing. So you do it for 10 minutes every second day. Then uh, the second week you do nothing and we just see what's gone on from that first week. Has it generated sexual energy? Do you feel tired? Like which way has this swung you? What's happening with your erections? What's happening with your emotions? And so there's a tracking sheet that goes with this. Right? So this is your first step into if you're just listening and you're like, eh, what's this about? I really believe you, blah, blah, blah. That's why it's called the two-week challenge and that's why it's available online because I had thousands of men contacting me saying, yeah, it was fine. And I said, was it fine? Or did you just go home and have a wank? And they're like, well, yeah, I kind of followed it. And I'm like, yeah. So did you get the pillow under your knees? Did you do the breath work? Did you close your eyes? Did you use essential oils? You know, did you do all the, oh no, I didn't do any of that. <laughs> it's like, did you do it for 10 minutes? Ugh, I got to like eight. And I'm like, well, you didn't do anything. You didn't do the, the exercise as it's meant to be. And so it's called a challenge for reasons because it's going to bring up all of the, the resistance, all of the inadequacies, all of the, the frustration and the like, oh, you know, guys come back saying, I couldn't get an erection because I had to breathe. I'm like, just say that again to me. <laughs> You're like, what? Because men are holding their holding their breath in sex. All right, that's another that's mm. another um, a sign that he has has a porn addiction. And so he's holding tension in his ass, so he's flexing his bum cheeks all the time, and he's also holding his breath. That's a sign of a porn addiction. He's trying to keep his erection up and he's all in his head and stuff, right? Wow. A man that is in his body will relax his bum cheeks and you'll, he'll be breathing and you'll mm. hear him like turned on or not turned on or whatever. So so that's wow. the two-week challenge, um, which is amazing. And then the 30-day program that I, that I run is mainly for men that can't get in to see me locally. And so I've got clients all over the world and it's an extension of that two-week um, program. So it's got four weeks of masturbation homework, but then I teach them Qigong. We do the, the yoga nidra. Um, meditation. I teach them about microcosmic orbit and they do a microcosmic orbit meditation, which is unlocking the sexual channels. Um, so they're doing a sublimation breath. So they, they're doing exercises each week in that program to actually turn this on its head. 
they also get told about the zinc and the um, the balance oil that we have, which helps them recover their brain from being overloaded and brutalized and their poor dopamine receptors are, are worn out. Mm. And when your dopamine receptors are worn out, life will be very boring. Uh, sex will be vanilla. You'll feel mm. agitated and stuff. And you're just always your brain, your poor brain's like looking for, please give me some excitement. And that's when you slip into, you know, a lot of depression. So we've got mm. products to help as well. And I've got essential oils that we use and they get that recommendation of which ones to use for which issues they're having. And so that's all in the 30 day program. And if they come in, um, I'm in Karam in Melbourne. And if they come in, they can do some body work with me. We can do kinesiology. Um, I've got an amazing therapy called integrated massage therapy. And I'm the only one in the world doing it, which is really cool. Um, and it derives both from Lomi Lomi and tantric work. Um, but it's, it's programmed especially for porn addiction. So they'll feel like I'm massaging their leg when I'm running the, the, um, anxiety out of their bladder meridian. Um, they'll feel like I'm going up the side of their thigh and that's like, well, no, that's a bit tight. And I'm like, yeah, well, that's your bladder, um, gallbladder. Your gallbladder is all about impotence and frustration. And they're like, oh. <laughs> so I just tell them there's no talking and I, and I just do what I'm doing because I've programmed it a certain way. And when we activate Kundalini, which is what we do in this, in this treatment, uh, their body starts to move and shake. And it's like a quantum wave moves through their body. And when we activate Kundalini, they don't feel like watching porn ever again. It's just this amazing phenomenon that we can't say it's the cure, of course, because that's a no, no, you know, don't go there word. But they say, I just didn't feel like watching porn. I didn't feel like masturbating. It's a miracle cure. What have you done? This is amazing. And I'm like, just hang in there, mate. You've only had one session. Because <laughs> yeah, after, after about six to eight weeks, we've, through monitoring, um, and research, it starts to, you know, wear off and their life starts to get stressful again and they start to feel because they haven't done the work and they haven't done mm. the, the homework everyone gets masturbation homework from me you have to do the work in between um and you know it's masturbation homework. it's not that hard you know <laughs> so pardon the pardon the pun so it's really important that um you know, uh, they understand that when we activate Kundalini, it's your core sexual energy that runs up your spine. It, it bypasses it. That's your actual sexual energy. So men talk to me about sex drive and I'm like, so your sex drive is your porn addicted brain, which is addicted to chemicals and hormones and your eyes. And you're calling that your sex drive, your eyes and your brain that's addicted to the drugs. And they're like, Oh shit. And I'm like, yeah. So sexual energy is your five senses, your limbic system, your arousal senses. It then gets the Kundalini going and the sexual energy and the chi in the body. And then the organs are all playing in the, in the energy as well. Then you might get blood flow. Then you get an erection. Guess what? <laughs> That's called sexual energy. <laughs> and we, so we get you out of what's called masturbation and we put you in conscious self pleasure. We get you out of, you know, sex drive and we put you in sexual energy. So we're training you the whole time to um, become a sex god and become more sexual, more connected, uh, more alive, more intuitive, being able to communicate better. Everything will start to change once your Kundalini activates. And, you know, I've had men in their 80s stand at my front door and just turn to me and say, I cannot believe this has been on this planet. Oh, I haven't even heard of it. <laughs> and I'm like, well, it's never too late. It's a really, it's the most rewarding job on the planet, what I do. You know, yeah, it's full of shame and wound, but 
when you start to see that happen even on first session, you know, it's like I'm like, oh, fist pumping and I feel amazing. Mm. You know, I love what I do. So. <laughs> Yeah, epic. And I'd imagine that like, you know, it's a combination of all of those things you're doing, but also just the the act of someone coming and seeking out help, admitting that they have an issue with this and confiding in someone will just mean that they're feeling less alone. They're feeling less isolated once they've told someone and they've got that accountability of working with you. And, you know, because otherwise it's just this thing that we're kind of struggling with alone and not feeling like, I mean, it's a double life basically. And I think that that comes into, that's, you know, why I find my work so rewarding as well because so much of the juice is actually when someone's just like, holy fuck, I've just never told anyone this or I've never felt comfortable actually talking about this. And just the act of having someone else to discuss things with and talk to about it that isn't going to judge you, isn't going to shame you, that's just got some great fascinating educational info for you they're rooting for you they're like your biggest fan and cheerleader they're holding your hand through the process like that's so invaluable um and just releases so much of the i guess like like the need the need to like keep it behind closed doors or sweep it under the rug or just kind of yeah suffer in silence over this thing because yeah it's mm. it's not talked about and you don't feel and like it would be yeah and it's very often associated with um sexual abuse as well you see that very common in men um mm. and a lot of them say they've never even spoken about it to anyone i'm the first person that they tell and I've, mm. I've made it easy for them. I don't ask them any questions. It's just a form they fill out. And there's a section on that particular issue and everything I need to know is there. I don't need to go into the story. We don't need to re-traumatize anyone. My form is about six or seven pages long mm-hmm. because men either won't talk or they talk too much. And they, and when they talk too much, they, they're in their story and they're just re-traumatizing yeah. themselves and telling me all the bullshit and whatever. And I'm like, I don't care about your wife. She's not here. Let's just go back to the facts. Right. Yeah. And so when I extract the information I need from that epic form, they just sit there and they hand the form over and they go, holy shit. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, it prepares them for what's, what's about to come. And yeah. they didn't even have to say anything out aloud, yeah. you know, and they're like, oh my God, my doctor, I don't even tell my doctor this stuff. And I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. You know? And, and I, and they often say, uh, or, or say things along the lines of that they're the only ones. And I'm like, it's you and every other guy. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so when I start to tell them the stats that it's over 90% of men, like what? And then yeah. these men start actually having brave conversations with their mates about it. And I've got even a 20 year old that started reading my book and he's, his feedback was like, oh, once you see it, you can't unsee it. Now I see it all in my friends and now I want to help them. And he's only mm-hmm. 20. And I'm like, this is amazing. So now they're all yeah. having a conversation because there's a book and you can, you don't have to say that it's me. You just say, I read this book or I watched this video or there's this chick online. You know, you can disassociate from it if you need to talk about it with people. And now I'm getting referrals. After eight or nine years of doing this full-time, I have not had one referral that I'm aware of until now. And the men are starting to send each other. I've got groups of men, you know, and they keep talking about each other. (laughs) And it's amazing, you know. They're sending guys from work. The guys from work are coming. Epic. Those conversations are happening. That's incredible. Because I have, have like, 
to a less a lesser degree because you know sex and any kind of issues around that are pretty yeah not always spoken about depends on the person but I've got a similar kind of thing that goes on where like often it's not referral based it's people googling and seeking out help for something that they don't want to talk to about anyone else and don't want to admit someone yeah Yeah, but then like slowly 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 it started opening up and often clients will have a few sessions and eventually be like oh my god I think I'm going to tell my friends about this because it's awkward and it's embarrassing and we don't talk about this stuff but I know she would benefit from this or I really just want to start opening up a dialogue so that not all of us are just suffering in silence alone and feeling like we're the only ones but in actual fact like everyone you know and that I hear that a lot like I feel alone and that's why it's part of my fucking jingle is like you know you're not broken you're totally normal you're not alone in this you know this is these are the conversations we need to be having so that everyone can realize that yeah all this shit is actually yeah. so much more common. doesn't mean it's great. Unfortunately, yeah. it's common, but it is. And therefore, yes. silver lining, you're not the only one experiencing it. Um, and the more we talk about yeah. it and normalize conversations about it, the less power it has over us and the more we can actually take action to start figuring it out for ourselves. Yeah. Um, and this yeah. is the funny thing is people want to be normal, right? And I hate the word normal. We don't use it. It's like a swear word. <laughs> and yeah. there's no such thing as normal, right? And But if we want to look at it, it's normal to watch porn because the stats are so high, right? So if you yeah. want to be normal, you, well, that's go ahead and watch porn. But if you want to be a sex god, come and see me. You know, like what, <laughs> what, what are you doing? You know, and if you want to, the women are enabling the guys as well because they're not saying anything. So just have a have a look at the other other side or the other flip side of this coin of of you know if you're staying quiet about it because you're uncomfortable and whatever, you're actually doing your your relationship a disservice. You know, and if you're keeping it quiet, then the same thing. So it's like, let's just, have, you know, it's like I said, when I go to a bar and it gets to a, like, you know, 1 a.m. and everyone's drunk and I start having, you know, it's the DNM hour, I just have people all around me, women and men, and the men stand there and it's so funny. They just, they laugh and they go, oh, oh, and they got their drink in their mouth most of the time because they're like, what the fuck is she saying, you know? <laughs> and I'm just letting all the stats fly and I bet you I can tell you're watching porn and they laugh and it's a bit funny. And and so you have to kind of have that approach when you do what I do, especially as a woman. I swear, mm. you know, we just get down and dirty and we just open it right up because then people start talking about it. Then guess what happens? You planted a seed, they go home and they might say to that, you know, they might text their mate, What's with that chick talking about porn and stuff, right? So guess what happens? They start talking about porn, mm, you know, and then yeah. they start talking. So you're just planting seeds and that's totally. my job. That's my purpose as a star seed <laughs> on this planet is to drop all of the Hansel and Gretel bread <laughs> yeah. and you can all just walk behind me and pick it up. You can pick up whatever you like or not at all. It's up to you. I'm not here to slam it down your throat, but I'm dropping crumbs for people to pick up. And the only thing that's going to happen to you, the worst fear that they have is, I don't know, you know, it's all rational fears and stuff. But the best thing that can happen to you is that you have an amazing, uh, life-changing, enlightening experience that changes your life and your relationships and your kids. Mm. You know, it's legacy. We're, we're dealing with legacy here. If you've got a porn addiction, how do you expect to talk to about your daughter about porn addiction, mm. boundaries and consent? Like how do you do that? You know, yeah. that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, totally. I was hoping to get get to the discussing it with your kids part, but I feel like that that could be a whole episode 
itself. Just so maybe it out, just start talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just just have the conversations and have them regularly just, and take, you know, just take the yeah. questions on that you can bring to you. Yeah. 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 And I mean, I have done first. an episode um, in the early days about um, sex positive parenting and how to create like a, mm. a sort of shame free environment for your kids and having conversations about sex and bodies and periods. And I feel like, yeah, porn is just, you could, you could listen to that episode. It's with Carlin Digitalis and we talk about um, yep. some strategies for having these convos with your kids. And a lot of, a lot of what we talk about is like, well, you kind of got to do the work yourself so that you're comfortable to have these conversations. How um, are you meant to talk to them about it if you know nothing about it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you're not giving sex education, it's because you don't know anything about sex. I'm yeah. convinced that's my mum. <laughs> you know? Yeah, so do, totally. Do get the free eBooks, you know, do the, do the homework and, yeah. have, and have some aha moments. And then, you know, and then spring it on your kids. Yeah. Yeah. You and you just feel so much more equipped to like go and spring it on your kids if you have like done a bit of your own research and learned some stuff yourself. And then you'll probably be like, wow, this is really interesting. I'm so glad I'm now equipped with this knowledge. I want to go share it with my child. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But no just before yeah. we wrap. Up. I want to do the segment TMI. We love it because we didn't do it in the last episode. We just got spitballing and totally carried away with the conversation <laughs> and ran out of time. So are you ready for TMI? TMI, we build it. Oh my god, I don't know what. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, have you got a story for us that would usually be considered too much information um, to share in a public forum <laughs> or on a podcast episode? Um, have like, I got yeah. stories? <laughs> I bet. Okay. Um, one that's popped into my head. Um, okay. Oh my god. So, like I was saying to you before, ladies, <laughs> that if a guy is uh, dry humping the air and you're not even having sex, then hands down, he has a porn addiction, right? And so I met this guy and we went on a few dates and, you know, I take my time when it comes to getting, you know, intimate with someone. I'm all for pashing on the couch for hours and hours and I end and whatever and just reading body language, getting used to no energy, all that stuff. Oh, my God, my, my family's going to kill me. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> When I was with this man for the first time and I like to explore bodies and so I'm exploring his body and the clothes are slowly coming off, you know, I'm doing the essential touch and everything. He's like, uh, 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 with his bum, right? So he's like flexing. He's going to kill me if he knows it's him. Flexing, 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 flexing his bum, right? And I'm like, oh, we've got a live one here, right? So, And I try not to be a practitioner while I'm with someone, right? I just leave that, you know, if they want to go onto my website, go for your life. But I'm not going to talk to you while I'm having sex with you, right? So, so I'm going down, going down, and I can feel this. He nearly knocked me out with this, with this clenching. And, and I just said, just relax, relax. And I just put my hand on it, like, you know, the sacral area. Just, just relax. Just, just calm down. Just like pretend there's a pole going through the middle of it. And he couldn't. And he was just like, flex, 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 flex. And I'm like, whoa. I said, you need to like, are you having sex without me right now? Because I don't <laughs> understand what's going on. So anyway, we talked about it later on. And I said to him, you watch a lot of porn, don't you? That's when I knew. And he said, yeah, it's like three times a day. And I'm like, yeah, mate, you need to <laughs> calm that down. 
Um, and so that's, that's, yeah, I, I have so many stories like that, which I swore I would never say on air. <laughs> <laughs> Because I like, don't like to talk about my sex life because I already get, you know, sexual harassment and stuff and, you know, from yeah. my cleavage is even showing in a video I get harassed and, uh, you know, it's like, oh, I don't even want it. But I've gone there. So, yeah, that's too much information <laughs> for him. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad that You're this welcome. podcast made you feel safe enough to share something you wouldn't normally. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of the idea. Um, and, yeah, so interesting. I had no idea that the butt clenching was such a telltale sign of porn addiction and the I yeah I remember when I was younger and and sort of having casual hookups or like meeting new people a little bit more frequently um and coming across yeah some of those those sort of like really rock hard buttocks dry humping kind of vibes but I didn't know I didn't know yeah are you having sex without me yeah yeah, yeah, and you and you and you see it in the older guys. I've had to stop a couple of sessions because I think they're actually about to have a heart attack because they've turned into a concrete block. Their whole body's like like in tension, and mm. and that's why you know my massage has now become like you cannot clench your bum even once. And when they do, I'm like, relax your bum, relax your bum. And it gets quite funny because they're like, oh my god, I can't even like stop myself. And it's like I've got yeah. a taser gun. Right, and if you don't stop, <laughs> start relaxing your bum. Look, I don't even know I was doing it, and they do it in masturbation, and they do it in sex. So, girls, look out for the bum clenches. They're your they're your uh, porn addicts, or not necessarily. They could just be masturbating that way, and they could have erection issues. But it's normally associated with porn and erection mm. issues because they they're, they're simulating sex. They're, yeah. they're grinding and they're bumping and they're and so when they do my homework, they have to lay there still and the pillow has to go under their knees and they have to we call it a starfish fish position, starfish mm-hmm. on purpose. Yeah, and they have to lay there and just and receive what they're doing to themselves and they're like crickets, like they're like so bored. Yeah, <laughs> you know because yeah. It, yeah. So yeah. Mm. Anyway, that's yeah. too much information for me. So. Love it. <laughs> Thank you. Beautiful. Thank you. Uh, Thanks for having me. Yeah, pleasure. What a fucking, what a combo. I'm going to wrap it up there because I know we've already gone over time as I can't seem to help but do. It's just uh, maybe this podcast is just destined to be very long form. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But before we wrap up, I'll just mention the Facebook group, the Labia Lounge um, Facebook group. You can join that. I'm going to put in that two-week challenge that Catherine's giving you all for free in the group so that you can access that there. Um, And, yeah, I mean, there's also my latest merch. I've got face masks. I've got fanning packs. I've got bathing suits. I went a bit nuts got a bit carried away on the merch front but if you want to support me or the podcast um because it isn't yeah it's not free to be putting this out i definitely um appreciate any support in whatever shape or form but if you wanted to financially support you can donate to my buy me a coffee page which i actually like to call buy me a soy chai latte because i'm a bit of a Melbourne coffee tosser like that um, and you can do a once-off donation there or an ongoing membership and sponsor me for as little as three fat ones a month which is pretty chill that is 
is less than a soy chai latte, especially in Melbourne. Um, and yeah, every bit helps. It's yeah, it's it is a bit of an expense out of my own pocket to put out this sweet ass podcast. And I will be undyingly grateful if you support me in that way. But also, don't sweat it if you can't. You know, I'm I'm still just giving you a mental BJ in my mind from the lounge because you're listening to this podcast <laughs> and um, you know at this early stage in double L history. So. That is, yeah. that's all I've got to say on that. Um, I'll put all the links, all the relevant links in the show notes. And yeah, thank you so much, Catherine. It's been a fucking pleasure. Okay. If anyone wants to get in contact with me, just uh, go to integratedmenshealth.com.au and you can message me through the website. Yeah, fabulous. I'll put the link in, in the show notes and the Facebook group. Um and, yeah, you can also get in touch and follow Catherine on Insta. She puts up lots of content on there. And, yeah, YouTube. I mean, you've got so many resources online, so many free resources. So you'd be crazy not to go and just have a little dig around and learn something new. Um, yeah, love it. And and just one last parting message. I just want to reiterate, like, everyone is affected by porn, whether it's you using it or a partner or a lover using it. It's quite common. It is designed to be addictive. So don't be ashamed if you've fallen into this trap because it gets to the best of us and you are not alone. And I'm just hoping these conversations and resources have helped and might be a catalyst for change if needed. You got this. You fucking got this. And yeah, reach out to one of us if you need further support or guidance. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Bye. And that's it, darling hearts. Thank you for stopping by the Labia Lounge. Your bum groove in the couch will be right where you left it, just waiting for you to sink back in for some more double L action next time. And in the meantime, if you'd be a dear and subscribe, share this episode or leave a review on iTunes, then you can pat yourself on the snatch because that, my dear, is a downright act of sex-positive feminist activism. And you'd be supporting my vision to educate, empower, demystify, and destigmatize with this here podcast. Also, I'm always open to feedback, topic ideas that you'd love to hear covered, or guest suggestions. So feel free to get in touch via my website at freyograph.com or say hey over on Insta. My handle is Freya underscore graph underscore YMT and I seriously hope you're following me on there because damn, we have fun. We have fun. Anyway, later labial legends. I'll see you next time.